some might say that maybe we should shut up now. We've said everything there is to say. But you know what? I'm a narcissist. I've always got more to say. Welcome to the GMB Show. <laughs> How you been, man? It's been a while. We haven't done this. Yes, in a while these things have uh, have become uh, pretty sporadic. I think this is episode seventy-two. I don't even remember. 73. So we've got a, a good topic. Today we're going to talk about how to learn any skill. And a skill could be like, you know, playing guitar, doing a handstand, doing a backflip, doing one-arm chin-ups, anything, any skill, any kind of physical performance of a, of a motor task, uh, whether it be strength training related or, you know, World of Warcraft related or whatever. Uh, can basically be broken down into a few different patterns. But first, I'm going to totally spring something on you, Ryan, <gasps> that uh, some people had asked. And so this is a good time to talk about it. You've, you've on your Facebook, been posting a lot of uh, pics and, and videos of you. You've been practicing parkour lately. I love it, man. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that... You've, you brought up to me, I think it's probably four years ago is when you first told me, ah, oh, you've got to be doing this, man. And um, at that time, it just the timing was off because we we're working on the programs and, yeah. and trying to make sure the curriculum was, was um, on track. Yeah. So now that that, uh, that is completed, I've stepped back and I was like, hey, you know what? I think it's time to get into parkour. I'm loving it. The Tap Brothers have been very very helpful uh, in giving me some tips and some advice of how to train or whatnot. Uh, It's just, I love it. My son, you know, Shion is really into it as well. So this has turned into kind of a family deal. Uh, It is nice. It's really nice. And the one thing that I really like about it, there's, there's many different things, but the one thing I like is that there's so many options when you actually look, well, take a step back and look at what's out there. And so uh, a good example is when I was working on the one-arm handstand, I was so myopic in my, in my, in my training, which is not a bad mm-hmm. thing, not a bad thing at all. But um, it's refreshing now to be able to go out literally anywhere you are and look at the environment and see how you can play with it. And I think that is it's, – it's fun. It makes the training a lot – a lot more fun gives a lot more options to be honest and as long as I'm doing it safely and not screwing up anything um, yeah I'm sure I'm going to be progressing I'm not doing any crazy stuff like jumping off buildings or whatnot, but uh, but it is cool uh, if there are any of you out there doing parkour which I'm sure there's a lot of you out there doing it um, yeah, maybe if you want to give me some advice that's cool just don't just don't laugh at me because I'm very sensitive about <laughs> whatever. So I mean, also it probably begs the question a little bit too. You know, we we've got strength, flexibility, yep. motor control, a bunch of different things. Yeah. And you're mostly now practicing parkour yeah. pretty much most of the time. Pretty you're much. not deadlifting or anything. You're not. No, doing actually, I'm not. Chance. I'm not. I I still strength. You know, do my strength training. Uh, I actually I'm still using rings for part of my strength training. Um, yeah. A lot of leg work. And mm-hmm. then uh, what else? There's still times when I'm doing a little bit of maintain maintaining of things. Um, for example, a couple of days ago I did handstands again. I haven't really focused on handstands too much, but uh, it was really raining, and and uh, I was like, you know what? Let's just do some handstands. So I did some handstands, a uh, little bit of planches or planches. I hate saying that. Nice. Um, yeah, man. But but my main thing is parkour and and seeing how. I can get a little bit better at that and learning something new. That's really what yeah. I'm about right now. 
is learning yeah. something new. That's the great thing. I mean, you spent several years working on a certain certain uh, curriculum of yeah. things and and doing you know doing rings, parallettes, doing a lot of body weight stuff, handstands, and some basic tumbling and yeah. things. Yeah. And so it's good that you now get to learn something new. Yeah, and so. the, and the great thing is is everything that we've done up until now and that I've done is actually built up for this. So now mm-hmm. I have you know the skill set to be able to learn these new things faster. This is what I'm, you know, we'll probably talk about this here very soon. But um, <laughs> it, it is good. And it's like anything, you need to have this base down. And, and I'm not just jumping into something and thinking that I know what I'm doing and just going for it. The Tap Brothers have given me some basic stuff to work on. I've taken my ego and put it to the side and gone right back to the basics of parkour and just working on simple, simple vaults. You know, learning those in a safe manner and then trying them in different places so that I feel comfortable doing them anywhere. And then, of course, you know, um, we do a lot of locomotive stuff in GAB, but taking that and seeing how I can apply it to different uh, obstacles, different um, uh, walls, railings, and things like that. It's a lot of fun. So it's a good carryover because I do already have that base to be able to allow me to practice it. Yeah, and I think that's actually a good kind of transition into this how to learn skills thing because um, I, I really think that any kind of skill you want to learn, there's really two aspects to it. And I think a lot of the frustration people have with learning how to do anything is that they they try to address one side of it but not the other. Yeah. Right? You know, they'll so basically what those two things are is, you know, there's a lot of ways that you could break it up, but I, I call it, you know, capability and ability, mm. right? And a lot of people uh, have a lot of capabilities that they've developed through different kinds of training, but they haven't developed certain abilities to be able to express those capabilities, right? So I guess I should, you know, define these a little more clearly before yeah. Yeah. really get into it. So. A capability is kind of like your physical or mental attributes, right? That would be like the amount of strength you have, flexibility, endurance, uh, the amount of you know motor efficiency you've developed in a number of things, right? Uh, it might be your mental toughness. It might be uh, your reaction time or your balance or your visual acuity or any of these things, especially if you're looking at something like parkour or, or uh, a combat sport like you know martial arts or something where you're having to react to an environment or an opponent. Uh, all of those, those things like balance and, and visual acuity can be the difference between winning and losing pretty easily. Um, but the other side then is the ability and that's given the capability to do the thing, given the requisite levels of, say, strength, right? Then the ability would be knowing how to how to actually do the thing. And you know, one example might be when you're learning to write the alphabet as a child, right? You know, in the beginning, your your hand gets tired from holding the pen all the time, right? Because you haven't built up the muscles to the endurance to hold a pen for a long time and press it against the paper. Right. You're also at the same time, you're building the ability of writing the letters and ability. What it really boils down to is in the brain, you're creating new neural pathways for every movement, every skill, everything that you do. Those abilities are hardwired into your brain as you learn them. Right. So, you know, the the ability, the capability would be being able to hold the pen. Mm-hmm. Right being able to have that hand strength and dexterity that you develop and it grows as you practice 
the skill too, but the the ability itself is being able to write the letters. And so, you know, later on, the first time that you grab a piece of chalk and write on a chalkboard, you've probably got the capability there and you've got basically the ability too from having practiced so you can transfer the skill from one place to another because you have both the ability and the capability. Now, even going deeper with that expl- with that example, um, both you and I speak Japanese, and yep. so we have the capability of writing letters. We have the capability of drawing lines, but mm-hmm. we didn't have the ability to just right away start writing Japanese characters. But right. thanks to that capability and us having learned the alphabet and taking the time to you know hold the pen and do that, we're able to actually learn it faster. Because mm-hmm. well, as an adult, so if yeah. you look at a child, they're actually coming in, and my daughter, you know, your daughter as well, learning Japanese, yep. how to write Japanese is different, because you know they have to work through that capability, get that capability as they're growing their ability to do that. So just kind of taking it out, taking yeah. it a different way. And so in that case, you we can already write English characters, but then to learn to write Japanese characters. Well, I mean, in that case, it's almost the ability is a large part of it is just memorization at that point. Absolutely. Right. And then understanding the language. So a lot of times ability could be straight up cognitive. Right. Or it might have to do with developing more uh, more, you know, motor capabilities and refining, you know, uh, your current abilities. So it could be a lot of different things. But I think one of the things that really frustrates people and like, so we have this handstand tutorial video on YouTube that like 600,000 people have watched or something like that. And we get comments on it every day. And a lot of them are like, hey, this is great, whatever. You know, I mean, not whatever. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're grateful to those people that enjoy it and learn from it, right? But there's always a couple of comments almost every day that are like, I watched this and I still can't do it. Yeah, because That's it only takes thing. one. You know, you only need to do it once, right? Yeah. You know, it, just being able to see the thing does not confer on you the ability without having the capability to back it up. And that's the thing that people miss is that the capability is composed of, you know, having developed the balance. Yeah, obviously. Also, strength, strength, you know, wrist, shoulder mobility, uh, core strength, um, learning how to. And then the the ability itself comes from being able to, you know, make those adjustments and do the thing. Right. But it comes out of practice. But there's a lot of there's a lot of abilities and capabilities I'm sorry there's a lot of capabilities that are missing from a lot of people when they try to develop that new ability right just try and jump to that yeah and it's the same thing with pull-ups or you know on the rings a lot of people that have done other training before think they're very strong and they may be very very strong but then you know you do something on the rings and they're they're not stable and so you haven't developed that right or if, if you then you know, start trying to do things like levers or start trying to work up to Iron Cross or something like that, that, you know, you don't have the tendon strength for, your joints can't handle, that you you have some of the capabilities, you may have the strength, mm-hmm. but you don't have the joint integrity. Exactly. A good example is something that we've used in one of our challenges before, and that was uh, a movement looking at the bent arm stand. And mm-hmm. a lot of people will look at the bent arm stand and, and for those of you who don't know what a bend arm stand, basically, um, think of a handstand, but then you bend your arms to lower yourself as if your head were going to touch the floor, but you stop there. 
And so yeah. it's kind of a halfway point in between the handstand and having your head on the ground. And so you're keeping your head off of the ground and your arms are bent. And a lot of people have trouble with this. Well, instead of just jumping up and trying to do this bent arm stand, instead what we did is we looked at, do you have the the capacity, not the capacity, but the the well, the, the capability to be a capability to be able to do this. And so rather than just doing that, we looked at a movement that you could use every single day that's going to build that strength. It's mm-hmm. going to actually work on getting you to a point where your body understands what needs to happen so that your ability will be increasing as you work on that capability. But we went down and looked at the basics, how to do that. We just used the bent arm bear walk to do this. And so mm-hmm. that's just another example. And so, you know, like you're saying, Andy, a lot of people will look at the handstand and then I tried it once and I couldn't do it. Well, it takes a little bit more than just doing something once, especially if you don't have that capability to be able to do it. And so, you know, going back and looking at how to learn any skill, that's really what it comes down to. Do you have the capability yeah. to do it? And... Another thing too, of course, is do you understand what has to happen along the way to get you there? So yeah, you know, so I think maybe to to drive some of the point home a little bit more, let's use learning Japanese again as another example to take it away from exercise. Okay, uh, yeah. but instead of writing, let's talk about speaking, right? Yeah. So I'm sure you've met a lot of people like this, and I met a lot of people when I lived in Japan too that actually. Uh, maybe tested at EQ level. And if you don't know, that means that you're functionally fluent, right? You can read and write better than most Japanese people, right? And uh, their their Japanese was very technically good, but they couldn't hold a conversation in Japanese. And so they had the ability. They had all the ability. They had everything up in their brain, all of the the instructions that they needed uh, to to do it. But maybe they didn't have... (laughs) That doesn't mean that they had all the full capability to be able to speak well in Japanese because they don't know how to have a conversation. They, or uh, I've had another thing where people understood a lot of words, but they couldn't pronounce them very well Absolutely. because Japanese has some sounds that aren't in English, yeah. you know. And this is a very good example. So um, I did test and pass EQ, and I had to have that for Mm -hmm. way back when, when I was at university and then as well as when I was uh, working in a company. The interesting thing, when I tested for EQ, I was one of the few Caucasians uh, in the room that was testing. Now, Mm -hmm. predominantly in that room were Chinese and Koreans. Now, um, they had only been studying Japanese for a very short period of time. They needed that EQ test in order to go to university. So what they did was they crammed all of the information in there as <coughs> fast as possible just in order to pass this paper test. So just like you were saying, it doesn't necessarily mean that their level of conversation is there so that they can proper, properly communicate and survive in the Japanese community. But that's just fine because... On the EQ test, there's no conversation yeah. testing portion of it. It's just a written test. So, you know, is that good? Is that bad? doesn't matter. It's, yeah. We're just looking at right now is that they, sure, I'm sure they passed, and I'm sure, you know, great, they got into university. But there's that big difference in being able to actually use it because you spent the time working on the capability mm-hmm. and learning how it works within yeah. the culture compared to just – passing a written test same thing you could say for driving right same thing yep 
Yeah, everyone, everyone's got the uh, the capability to press a pedal and turn a wheel, but that doesn't mean they have the ability to drive well. Exactly. By the opposite side of the coin, though, then like look at like in the Matrix, right, where uh, they like download kung fu into Neo's brain, right? Dude, I know kung fu. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You know, so in that case, it's like downloading the ability, but it it doesn't hold up because. I mean, granted, this is all in a matrix, so sure. it it works because it's a movie. Yeah. But even if we could, even if we could have that technology to zap handstands into your brain, right? If your body did not also have the capabilities necessary to do it, even having those neural pathways would not allow you to to be able to do that skill. To take the analogy again, let's say if I swapped your brain with an NFL quarterback, do you think you'd be able to play as well? You would have no way to control that body, right? right? It would be extremely, extremely hilarious to watch somebody get their brain swapped into a quarterback and try to to control that, right? So that's what the, the difference is between capability and ability. I mean, capability is kind of a prerequisite for a real ability mm-hmm. but, yes, but yeah but as you build capabilities you can practice related abilities that are perhaps at a lower level of complexity so for example if you're looking at like the planche or something well you can't just do a planche right you, it takes time to build up to it but as you're building those capabilities you're also practicing related abilities, Absolutely. Uh, related skills. And so it's not like you have to take time off of practicing the planche and just work on your strength and your, your elbows and your shoulders and all of that. You, know, you, you develop those capabilities as you practice other related abilities. And so a lot of people, this is where they, they might refer to it as a carryover skill. And um, that straight arm strength that you're creating while training for the planche obviously is going to work well for other <clears throat> related skills so again yeah. you're building both you're building that that capability to be able to jump into another skill and have the ability to do it faster because you've built uh that proper straight arm strength in the case of the planche so uh which is a very cool thing you know a mm-hmm. lot of people unfortunately though don't see that yeah and so you know, when learning a new skill, think of things that relate to the particular skill that you want to learn, the new skill. Have you already learned something similar? And if you have, what are some of the capabilities as well as the abilities that you have from that that can carry over to that new skill? And that's mm-hmm. a good way to learn something a lot faster. Yeah, you know? definitely. You know, I think we have to be careful, too, with with this as well because I know some people are probably going to listen to this and they're going to say well my goal is you know the muscle up right and I'm strong but I know that I'm missing some capabilities in order to be able to do the muscle up you know it's not just a matter of of practice like I'm 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 limited in well muscle up isn't really a great example because there's not too many capabilities besides strengths you could be limited in but right. let's say let's say handstands then because okay. let's say you've got plenty of strength but your shoulders messed up and you say well should I never practice the handstand anymore until I spend 6 months working on my shoulder right should I stop everything and work on this one capability and then try to work on hand balancing again 
Well, no, because as you're working on building your capability, there's other abilities you can work on and related abilities. You might not be able to get your arms fully overhead to do a a straight handstand, but you can still work on wall handstands. You can be working on all kinds of different hand balancing drills, even if you might not be as straight as you like. You can work on a bent handstand, you know, but you don't need to stop handstands while you fix this shoulder issue. So don't, you know, we can say that capabilities are prerequisite in some ways, but don't think that you need to stop working on abilities to build the capabilities and then go back to it. Absolutely. Because that's just going to make you get really, really frustrated with life. You know, just because we're talking so much about <laughs> Japan, I'm going to bring this up. It reminds me of being an apprentice to a sushi uh, shop. And so basically yeah. what you would do is for a minimum of one year, all you would do is you're in charge of making the rice, you know. And, and you know, that's the way it used to be. Same with everywhere in the world, you know. If you yeah. were uh, – it really doesn't even matter. But basically you would just focus on one thing and then once you're properly yeah, – I spent a whole know, summer cleaning, uh, cleaning pipe. When you're doing plumbing, right? Exactly. My father was a plumber and I helped out, right? I I wasn't allowed to do anything else. So that's how it is. Now, if this is going to be your job, if this is something that that is going to be your trade, I actually think that's okay. I think, you know, you and the both both of us, we come from a martial art background. When I was growing up, that's kind of how it was too. We're stoics. Yeah. (laughs) We're stoics. That's how it is, you know. But, I mean, there are certain things, and especially with what we're doing in GMB, where going back to the handstand, if you are looking at using the handstand as a trade in order to bring in the money for you and your family, then there's probably other ways that you should be doing it. Um, But for where we're going with it, no. If you're working on the handstand, if you still have problems with your shoulders – because of a limited issue, it doesn't mean that you can't still work on the handstand as you're gaining that capability and ability. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough call. And again, like you said, Andy, there's a lot of people who might disagree with us. But you know what? Sure. Everybody's correct and, you know, everybody's wrong. just depends on how you look yeah. at it. So, well. You know, but just to be practical, to kind of wrap this thing up, though, is that just remember that if there's something that you'd like to be able to do, there's two parts of it. And you can't just download the ability into your brain without building that capability and those attributes into your body. And that's why we have our our kind of assess, address, and apply model. And we say we break everything down. You know, you've probably seen a little triangle, right? Strength, flexibility, and control. Those are the three attributes that are, are most commonly missing in the kinds of skills that people ask us to teach. We're not saying they're the only important ones. Endurance is not covered, right? If you're a if you're a distance runner, endurance is a lot more important to you than, uh, say, motor control or flexibility. Maybe right. Um, I don't know, so I could be wrong on those. But the point being, for the skills that people ask us to teach, the capability they're missing is usually one of those three things. Right. Right. And they can't build that ability without building those three capabilities. You know. You can practice related things, but you still need those capabilities. So if there's something that you're trying to do, understand that, yes, there's ability and there's capability. And you probably need to be working on related skills to learn the ability. 
And to address your capabilities, there's probably one of those three things that is the weakest that you should spend most of your training time trying to develop. So that's the practical application of this. Work on ability, work on capability, and and approach it with an intelligent model that takes those things into account rather than just continuing to slam your head against the wall uh, until you reach mastery of whatever, you know. Mastery is not going to come unless you've got the constituent pieces. Good, good way of summing it up there. Um, yeah, I have nothing to add. That's great. That is wonderful. Um, if, if there is something, though, that we talked about within, this, within the show today that you're still having a little bit of trouble getting your head around, you know, yeah. contact us. Contact us because <laughs> we love talking about this kind of stuff. So let us know if you have any questions, and maybe it will lead to another topic that we can discuss on another show that we do in the next six months. So uh, <laughs> uh, if you ask yeah, questions, yeah. I promise it won't take us six months. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks so for listening. We always appreciate uh, you putting up with us, you know, because we're so difficult to listen to. Ha ha. Uh, keep those questions coming if you do have questions. Uh, hopefully, we can do another show uh, pretty soon. And um, yeah, that's about it. We'll wrap it up. All right. Until then. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io. And be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.